Hello and welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes and I'm your host. And if you're new to the podcast, the Embrace Your Destiny podcast is all about sharing the stories of women who have been through a challenging time in their life. However, they've made it through to the other side. They found that light at the end of the tunnel and they're sharing that experience with the listeners in the hopes of sharing and inspiring and um, offering hope to somebody who might be going through something similar in their own life. And today my guest is Dana D. Jackson, and she is a writer, speaker, podcaster, and creative entrepreneur. She is passionate about helping women find their unique voices, building their confidence, and be bold as heaven in their lives. After leaving her failed marriage and making all the wrong decisions, she moved across the world to Japan to start a new life and fulfill her God-given purpose. When she is not working on her podcast, she is a mess. She can be found binge-watching Doctor Who, listening to a good book on Audible, and trying her best to not spend her entire paycheck at the Dazio 100 yen store. Check out her podcast episodes on iTunes and Google Podcasts or connect with her at sheisamessage at gmail.com. Welcome, Dana. Hi, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) So Dana, why don't we just jump into the piece of your journey that you want to share with the listeners today? All right. So for me, the one big experience that kind of defined my journey and defined my life was my divorce. I was about 16 when I met my ex-husband. We were both in church. We were very active. And so our my mentor and his mentor kind of said, hey, you, should, you two should date. So we started dating. And at 21, we got married. And then a few months later, I found out that I found out that I wasn't exactly his cup of tea. And and because of that, it eventually led to us being separated and then a very kind of nasty divorce that involved police officers, you know, um, being arrested, abuse charges, mediation, and a whole bunch of different things. So do you want me to give the long version or the short version of my story? Um whatever you feel let's why don't we go with the long and see where it takes us all right so this goes back to about 2012 so in 2012 we had just been living together for a few months and i am a very nosy person (laughs) it's in my nature i can't help it (laughs) so i was at home and i was just going through his phone and i saw some messages between him and another guy and i'm just like wait 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 is is this how dudes communicate is this right and that led me to kind of going through some other messages and finding some very inappropriate conversations and after having a lot of back and forth i realized that he was struggling with his sexuality Hmm. and uh, (laughs) and that kind of led to a year almost a year of abuse mentally physically and emotionally to the point where I was suicidal and I tried to kill myself three different times one time I was cutting up vegetables in the uh, in the kitchen and I just looked at the knife and it just looked like this would be so easy for me like just taking my life right now would really really ease my burden and not have to deal with the situation on a daily basis. But just to make everything was, stop though, right? Like that's Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was just like this is just the quickest way for me. And right when I was about to um 
do it and just slit my wrist. It's like God said, stop. And I was like, oh, okay. And I dropped the knife. And then I just cried and I cried. I was cutting the vegetable saving and I cried and I cried because I was just like, God, why me? I was a good girl. You know, I went to church. I I was a virgin. I, I saved myself for this one person. And why is this happening to me? And things just kind of got worse and worse. We spent less and less time together. He was away on business or so he said. And I was just left at home by myself for the most part. I mean, I did work, but I didn't really have anyone to hang around with after work and on the weekends because he wasn't there. Okay. And I am. Mm-hmm. What about friends? I, you didn't have like a support system of people you could talk to and, and lean on when you were going through that stuff? Well, um, the thing about it is that I didn't really, I mean, I, in my mind, I, say, yeah, he's gay or he is um, struggling with his sexuality, but we're Christians. I work, we grew up in the church. And for me, when I said I do, that was it for me. Like that would be hmm. the end all be all. That would be the biggest thing that I would ever do with my life. So for me to have to then go to somebody and admit that, hey, something is wrong, that was one embarrassing for me and right exactly and two he had always told me that if the marriage ended it would be my fault uh so putting that guilt on you exactly so me then go, going to somebody and really would be the the result would be the marriage ending it would have that 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 um prophecy as we would call it come true. And I did not want that to happen. I did not want to be the cause of the end of my marriage. Especially after having a huge wedding with 80 plus people, big dress, um, all the fandangles of, oh, you're getting married. (laughs) How embarrassing is that to then go to those same people and be like, I need help. I mean, I just didn't know how to say that. And I kind of felt like I was the only person to have ever gone through something like that. So would they understand? Would they judge me? Would they call me stupid? Like all these things were just running. Right. Played in your head. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I just didn't really have anyone to go to. I couldn't bring myself to, to say anything to anyone, not even my parents. Every time my mom asked me, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. We're doing great. We're, we're right. coming over for dinner. We're, we're going to church. And even though we're not really, um, doing anything as a couple anymore, we're not talking to each other, but yeah, we're, we're, keeping up appearances, but we weren't really a couple anymore because of that. Cause I didn't trust him. I'm like, I'm not going to sleep with you if this is happening. And I, I, I wasn't sure. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to do this. So we weren't really couple, a couple anymore. We're more like roommates. And that kind of escalated into one year. I remember on my birthday, he, he left a cake in the fridge and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to be here for your birthday, but here's your cake. Have fun. <sighs> <laughs> and I was just like, is this what has come to like, uh, is this where my right. life is right now? Where I'm just my, my, the person that I'm supposed to be spending my life with would rather be with anybody else but me on my birthday. Like, really, is this my life? And the next day, the 15th of September, I was at home by myself and he had been gone at some rehearsal or whatever he was gone at. And I was going through, I wasn't, I was just sitting down and a thought said, go through his Facebook. Oh, no. At, 
At that time, Facebook was pretty easy to hack. It's not very hard to hack into an email and to hack into Facebook. So that's what I did. And I hacked into his email, changed his Facebook password, and then hacked into his Facebook. And the messages I saw just, I, I felt like my whole, the foundation of my life was just splitting apart at the seams. Like, what was this? What were these messages? Who were these guys he was talking to? What was going on? And it was so surreal to me that I had to, I physically picked up the laptop and carried it to my landlords who were, they were a pastor and his wife. And I showed him the message and I, and I said to him, can you look at this? Because I don't know if what I'm reading is the right thing. So can you please look at this and tell me if what I am reading is what I am reading? And Right. It's almost like you wanted somebody else's yeah, opinion so that you, to confirm that you're not going crazy. Exactly, exactly. So I brought the laptop to him and he showed his wife and they were like, oh, oh, wow, Dana, no, this, this is some real stuff. So we were actually friends with the pastor who had, um, counseled us before marriage. So landlord called the pastor and said, um, this is what's going on. What do we do? And we actually drove to the pastor's church at 8 PM at night. And, uh, he brought me to the pastor and after speaking with the pastor for a few minutes, the pastor um, told me that, hey, you in your in your your situation, in the kind of state of mind that you're in, you cannot stay at home because you're going to eventually go crazy. And I did feel like I was losing my mind after having all of this built up um, emotion, all of this stuff that was going on, the verbal abuse, the physical abuse, the emotional abuse, all of this that was going on. And not being able to speak to anybody about it was really pushing me off the edge. And Yeah, it's a bit too much, though, right? To have to deal with all that and then still try to live a life, right? Go to work and do and function. Exactly. And I wasn't even functioning properly because I was going to work and having to stop, get up, go to the bathroom, cry, wipe my tears off, blow my eyes out, then go back to my yeah. seat. So I wasn't really functioning at all. And I would blow up at everyone. I remember we went to a rehearsal for a Christmas play and I yelled and screamed at everyone for something really, really small. And that just was not me anymore. I just didn't know who I was anymore. I couldn't control my emotions. Everything was just bottled up to the point where I felt like I was going to explode. And I did not want to explode onto the wrong person and possibly ruin some kind of relationship permanently. And um, the pastor said, you're going to pack up some clothes in a suitcase and you're going to move out. And at about 9.30 that night, I went back with the pastor, packed up some clothes and I went to my mom. And the pastor told the, my mom that the short version of the story and I ended up staying with her. The next day, well, not the next day, like a couple hours later, he gets home and he messages me, where are you? I'm like, I'm not there. He's like, yeah, I know you're not there. Where are you? <laughs> and I'm saying, I'm with my mom. Why are you with your mom? I can't talk to you right <laughs> now. So he starts yelling, like, why are you not at home? What's going on? And I said, I, just, I can't talk to you right now because I just, I just can't. So we didn't speak. The next day, based on what had happened the night before, I did not go to work. So I was at home and... My dad was at home with me and he called me and he said, we need to talk. So I said, okay. And he said, you know, what's going on? Why are you at your mom? So I said, I basically told him the short version of what I saw. And I asked him, can you tell me the truth? I promise I will not yell. 
I promise I will not scream. Tell me the truth. You know when we say we promise we won't yell, we won't scream. We are lying through our teeth. Yeah. <laughs> right. Even if you, in your mind, that was your intention to not lose it. Yeah. Based on what you're going to hear, the chances are good that you're going to. Exactly. So I, I, I went to my room. I, I closed the door and I said, just tell me what's going on. And he told me that, you know, he had been sleeping with some dude with during his lunchtime. And whenever he was away on business, he was actually seeing that person and all these different things. And I kid you not, I screamed so loud. I swore the whole community could hear me. I yelled and I screamed because I, I guess I had been just waiting <laughs> for somebody, for him to confirm something. And that just, I don't know, the floodgates was open. And I yes. screamed to the point where he yeah. said he had to go and he hung up on me because he's like, I can't have you. You're getting in the office. People are hearing you. And he hung up on me. After he hung up, I just, I just <sighs> broke apart and I just cried and I cried. And I cried to the point where my dad is like, what's going on? And I couldn't, I couldn't say anything through the tears because there was a, so many tears, so much hurt. It's like all the hurt and the pain that I had experienced over the year and a half of being with him just was magnified tenfold because I finally understood that everything that I had built my life on within those year and a half was built on a lie. Our entire relationship was a lie. Our wedding was a lie. Everything had lie. been a lie. Yeah. And I just felt really stupid. I felt like, how could you not know this? How could you not see this? Like, how could you allow yourself to have this happen to you? Why did this happen to you? Why not somebody else? You were a good girl. You were the goody two shoes. You were the church leader. Yeah. Followed the rules and did exactly. the right thing. And, and I'm just like, yeah. how did I get here? Like, how did I get to this pit that I am in. And I called my mom and I said, mom, can I come see you? And I took the bus and I kid you not, the driver was looking at me like, Is, are, you, are you okay? Like, I'm just crying. Like I'm at the bus stop crying, paying him and I'm crying. Skin and seat, <laughs> I'm crying. I'm just bawling this entire time. Like, I don't even remember the drive to my mom's, my mom's workplace because I was just crying the whole time. And what made it even worse was while I was on the bus crying, and stuff. He was messaging me, cursing me out, saying, you can't judge me. You know, you don't understand what I've gone through. And he, I'm like, how are you the victim in this situation? Like, what is going? Right. But the same way that he's looking for empathy, he should be offering that empathy to you as well for your, how you're feeling in all of this. Right. Exactly. And I was like, how, how are you? Wait, wait, What? So I was super like, he's like, what, what is going on? So he would yell at me and then he'd be like, I'm so sorry. And then he'd yell at me and I'm, and I'm just like, are you mad? Or are you, are you empathetic? Like which one? Like pick, pick an emotion because I'm really confused right now. And I thought that that would be like where things would be able to start getting better. Like just get a clean divorce and stuff like that. But it did not end up happening that way. Right. Soon after that, we were in counseling because I believe, I really believe in, in God to the point where I'm just like, nothing is impossible with God. And if you want to change your life, change whatever you're going through, God can make it happen. If God can raise somebody from the dead, he can heal you of whatever feelings you're having. So we were in counseling and we ended up um, 
separating. Well, we were separated and we're in counseling. Right. But I soon found out that he had moved in the boyfriend into the house because I was living at my mom's house. And it was a, that was a whole other drama. And I think it came to a, like a, I don't know what you call it. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting English words the longer I live in Japan. The, cli- the climax, okay. So the climax of the story, I think, is when I went <laughs> to the house one day to see him because he had been missing for the weekend and I was getting worried. And that visit ended up being in an, in an altercation where he ended up attacking me and I ended up attacking him, well, defending myself with a cup. Do you know those ceramic mugs that you get as like a wedding gift? I ended up grabbing that and hitting him across the face so hard it broke. Yes. And it, it just, just like blood everywhere. My hands were bleeding. His face was bleeding. And oh, wow. that led us to going to court where I was charged for abuse. And then his his friend, I'm going to say his friend, saw what had happened to him. And his friend attacked me, pushed me into the road and hit me over the head with a rock. And I fell into traffic and... Um, luckily enough, I didn't die. I just had sustained some injuries from that. And then that event, those events led to me going into, I believe I, I was depressed for about three years. And during those three years, I made some very bad decisions. And I don't say I regret because I don't live in regret, but I, looking back, I can see just how bad those those decisions were. I ended up you know, like sometimes you, you're like in the moment you don't see it, but looking back, you're like, oh, wow, yeah. I really messed up. And I ended up looking for love in all the wrong places as a way to get over the hurt. And I just end up hurting a lot of people around me. And yeah, after a while, I got to the point where I was like, if I stay here anymore, if I stay in Jamaica anymore, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to die. I cannot stay here anymore. I cannot be here. And that moment led me to wanting to come here to Japan. And then Japan is a whole other story. Wait, Dana, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you learned in that whole experience with your husband or ex-husband now? I think I learned that sometimes life doesn't always work out the way you hoped it would work out. And that's actually a good thing. When we were dating and we were planning our lives together, I saw myself as we'd be the corporate wife, the corporate husband, have two kids, and we'd have the kind of fairytale life in Jamaica. We'd just be the happy couple and all these different things. But what ended up happening is us divorcing, me moving to Japan, me working for the Japanese government, me starting a blog, me failing at that blog, (laughs) me launching a course, me failing at launching that course, me um, entering (laughs) Toastmasters and winning three separate Toastmaster awards, me becoming a mentor to two other Japanese students who are now on their way to becoming really respectable speakers, and then me launching a podcast where I am able to share the stories of other women who have gone through a lot of things and have felt like they were too far gone. They were too broken. They were too messed up to ever do anything with their life. And yet in spite of those feelings, in spite of their circumstances, in spite of their backgrounds, they were able to change their lives. And now I have the opportunity to help other women to change their lives. 
So even though my life didn't go the way it was, I thought it would go. I am actually super, super grateful for my divorce. I am so grateful for all of the things that I went through with that divorce, all of the lessons I had to learn, the pain I had to suffer, because now I have this story that I can then help to encourage and inspire other women who might be going through similar, same, or even vastly different circumstances to understand that even if your life isn't going the way you think it, it should be, there is a reason for it. And if you kind of see yourself besides, if you kind of see your life beyond what it is right now, I guarantee that it can be a remarkable life. Yeah, I think that that's um, a huge thing to, to get to that point of understanding, right? That everything really does happen for a reason and that there are no mistakes, there are no... No, that you might not enjoy the experience that you're going through, but it's happening for a bigger purpose, right? That it's leading you down a road that you might not have thought you would ever go down, but that's the road that you're destined to go down. So yeah, it's just accepting that, you know, life has a lot of hurdles and challenges and that hurt isn't there to punish you. It's just there to sort of guide you in another direction. Well, that's what I think anyway. Exactly. I totally agree. I believe that when God wants to move us to another level, sometimes that shaking up is not very pleasant. Sometimes he has to do something that will get our attention or sometimes he has to take us to a place where we are solely desperately needing him that he's yeah. then able to really shape us into the person that he needs us to be. Because had I not gone through all of that, I wouldn't, I mean, I was a Christian, yeah, but I was just like, a, yeah, let's just go to church and do this kind of stuff, Christian. I don't really like God use me right. kind of Christian. And now I'm like, you know what, Jesus, whatever you want for my life, however you want to use me, wherever you want to lead me, lead me because I am listening. Like if I had not gone through that, I wouldn't be at a place where I'm like, God, I am listening to you talk to me because I'm here. So I had to go through all of that to really get to a place where I could really understand who I was in God and who he needs me to be. And you know, when you're going through that stuff, right? You can you can think that there is no purpose behind it, that this is just something terrible that's happening to you and this is just the way life is going to be, right? But I think that when you do get shaken to your core, it's happening for a reason because if it didn't happen that way, then you might have stayed in that situation and been comfortably uncomfortable, if that makes any sense. Do you know what I mean? Where you're like, okay, it's not a nice thing. I'm not really enjoying where I'm at right now, but it's not uncomfortable enough for me to do something about it. So, you know what I mean? So you go through these things where, exactly. you know, it's almost like you get knocked on your butt <laughs> and then you're kind of on, on your behind thinking about, you know, what just happened here? And then you start to think about, okay, I'm going to get up, but I'm going to do things in a different way because that was not fun. And I don't want to go through that again. So I'm going to try and do something different. But I also think that when you go through something traumatic or really devastating, that it actually... Um, allows you to learn just how strong you really are. Because when you look back on those experiences and you think about, you know, how horrible it felt at that time and how much you thought that you were never going to, you know, have love again or be happy again or really experience joy again. And now you're at a point where you're starting to experience those things again. You're like, okay, so it was really bad when I was going through it, but 
I found happiness again. I found that light at the end of the tunnel. So if I could get through that, then what else is possible? Exactly, exactly. I think I had to get to that point, that rock bottom place, so I could be able to look up and see that, you know what? Life has so many amazing things to offer to us if we can just see past where we are right now. Like, and you are so right when you said that. I think that sometimes we get so used to a situation that we just stay. And staying somewhere and you being meant to be somewhere are two completely different things. And yes, I could have stayed in that situation, but that was not where I was meant to be. I was meant to be here. I was meant to be in this place now talking to you, sharing this story, doing all these different things that I'm doing. I was not meant to be just a normal wife. I wasn't meant to be mediocre. I was meant to be extraordinary. And I am happily on that path to being extraordinary and living that kind of anointed, glorified life. Dana, what advice would you give to somebody who might be going through something similar in their own life? I would tell them to never give up and to also never judge themselves too harshly. And let me explain. When I was going through my my mess, when I was going through that hurricane period of my life, I wanted so many times to just give up, give in, and just die. And I thought in my mind was saying, no, God created me to be more than this. There must be more to life than just this. And I kept going. I kept messing up, yes, but I still kept going. And the fact that I kept going led me to so many extraordinary experiences, extraordinary people and extraordinary places that I am so, so happy that I never gave up because it did get better. It did get much brighter. There was a rainbow at the end of that horrible, horrible typhoon hurricane period of my life. And if I had just given up in that moment, I would have failed. But I believe that when you keep going, when you keep putting one foot in front of the other, when you keep going on, even when you don't feel like it, you can never, ever be a failure. You can never, ever not succeed. I believe that success comes after thousands of failures. And trust me when I say I have failed God, I have failed myself. I have failed my parents so many times, (laughs) but I will never, ever stop going. I will keep going until I get to that point. I'm like, you know what, God, I know that I have succeeded. And when I say don't judge yourself too harshly, when I was going through everything, I was just like, oh my gosh, I am stupid. I am ugly. I am just pathetic. I'm just the worst thing ever. How could I do this? But I had to realize that, hey, what? You know, if you don't learn how to love yourself even a little bit, how can you expect anybody else to even want to be around you? Because when you hate yourself, you create this cloud of, of just like um, sadness and grief and ugliness that nobody wants to be around you. Even people who want to support you don't want to be around somebody who is just negative all the time. Yeah, you start attracting the wrong people, right? Because there are people who prey on that kind of mindset, right? Where you are feeling sorry for yourself or not, you know, believing that you are lovable or attractive enough and all that kind of stuff. So they will, yeah, they're almost like predators, right? So that they will, you know, pounce on you in your moments of weakness. And so you really have to, yeah, set boundaries and exactly. yeah, protect yourself. Exactly. That definitely happened to me too, where I was, 
I was so negative that I attracted the wrong person who preyed on that negativity. And it got me to a point where I just didn't know who I was anymore. So I'm telling anybody out there, please, please, I know you might be, you might be a coke addict. You might be a stripper. You might be a, you might be a prostitute. You might be whatever kind of situation that you're in right now, but please have some sympathy for yourself. Have some empathy for yourself. Understand that even though you are going through some rough stuff right now, you are not the worst person in the world. Trust me, people have done worse and will have, and will do worse things than where you are right now. And even if you are in a place where you are doing bad things, you can still change your life. You can still Make something of it. You can still become a better person. You just have to give yourself a chance to. Yeah, I. it's never too late to make a change, right? And I think that sometimes we think that, you know, we're too old or time has passed and we can't do that kind of stuff. But I think that it's never too late. And if you want something bad enough, you'll find a way to make it happen. So you have to want a better life. You have to want to find happiness again and, you know, stay committed to finding it no matter what. And I think that if you can do that, that you will get to a point of of finding that inner peace that you're looking for. Exactly, exactly. Amen to that. Dana, any last thoughts before we wrap up? I just want to tell everybody out there that the the whole point of us going through circumstances is not to break us down. God never gives us anything that is meant to destroy us. It is meant to bring us through and to make us stronger than before. When I first went through my divorce, I thought that my life was over. I thought that this was it and I had nothing else to offer. But I have gone through and God has shown me that there was way more stuff on the other side of that situation there were way more amazing experiences and people to meet on the other side of that situation and again even if you feel like you are too messed up you are too broken you are too whatever i'm telling you that you are never too anything for god to use you you are never too anything to do something with your life you are never too anything to have an impact on this world you just have to believe it. Yeah, thank you for that. I think that that's a great way to end it. Dana, thank you so much for being a guest today and for sharing your story. And for the listeners, if you want to learn more about Dana, check out the show notes and you can find out where to find her, her podcast, and see what else she's up to. Thank you so much for having me. And um, guys, Have a great day, a great week, and we will see you soon. Take care.